0: Terminal and Dave, conversation, crack, and the music you love. Today FM. It all happens here. Today
1: FM. It's something no one wants to experience, but sadly, so many people do. Next week is Pregnancy and Baby Loss Awareness Week, with events taking place all around Ireland and the world. One event is the Butterfly Run in Dublin next weekend, which is raising money for Failacon, a charity who helps families in the aftermath of baby and pregnancy loss. In 2020, Celine Langton found out firsthand uh, the work that Fela Khan do, and she joins us this morning. Morning, Celine.
0: Hi, German. How are you?
1: I'm good, thanks. Lovely to talk to you.
0: Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. I
1: really appreciate it. Uh, well, look, it, it sounds like I have to admit I hadn't heard of Falecon before we were due to talk to you. So I guess if I felt that way, then there are probably lots of others out there who haven't either. So I think this is a possibly difficult, but a very positive way of getting word out there and maybe giving help to people in a similar situation.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Like I didn't really know about Felicon before Izzy passed away either. So mm. the the more widespread the message, the better that there is support out there for, for parents like myself and John. I just think it's really important now.
2: Well, take us back then, will you, to 2020 when you fell pregnant with your second child then and how everything went for you?
0: Yeah, it was like everything was going great. I, I had like a pretty much textbook pregnancy. And I suppose really what happened was um seasons' day I woke up and um the baby had been moving, Christmas Day, fine. Um I just a few of it kind of legally pains Christmas night but I put it down to being just really busy. So um I woke up seasons' day and I was like, just oh, a bit strange, like the baby's not going as mental But I left it for a couple of hours anyway and then I did the usual drink a cold drink, lie on the couch to see if, the, see if I could feel any movement and I still really couldn't feel anything. So I called the coom and they said, sure, come down and we'll just check you. So I had, like, no idea. And then we've come, like, out of the ordinary. Yeah. So I said to my husband, you stay here. Sure, you can't come into the hospital anyway with me because of COVID, you won't be allowed in. And um you stay here with Harry. So I drove down and went in. And the first midwife, she came in to me and she said, "We will put the trace on you. And um, when she put the trace on, she couldn't hear anything. And she said, oh, the baby just must be in an awkward position. I'll just get an ultrasound machine and just grab another midwife. And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. Still oblivious to thinking anything was really wrong. Mm. Until she came back into the room and they had the ultrasound machine and there was herself, there was another two girls, and then there was an older kind of consultant with them. I was like, okay, this is a bit strange. And they turned the ultrasound machine away from me and turned the sound down. And they were like, we're just going to have a little look here, Celine." So you could see them all kind of looking at each other. And then the consultant, she stepped in and she said, um, I'm just going to have a look, Celine." And I said, okay, oh, yeah, that's, that's fine. Starting to panic a little bit. And um, she turned the she put the ultrasound machine on me and she just said, I could see her going to grab my hand. Mm. And I was like, this is COVID. You're not allowed, no one's allowed to touch anybody here. Mm. Like what's going on here? And she went and grabbed my hand and I pulled my hand back. And she she went to grab it again and she just said to me, I'm just so sorry, Slim, mean, there's no heartbeat. And I was like, what What, what are you talking about? She's in third, three weeks pregnant. This doesn't happen. What yeah. are you talking about? And she was like, I'm just so sorry, you know, like there's no heartbeat there at all. And I obviously went into complete shock because I, I think I started to have a panic attack and they were like, you need to breathe. You need to breathe. Is your husband here? And I was like, no, my husband's not here. She won't let him into the hospital. I was like, he's at home. So they phoned John anyway, and they didn't let anything, let on anything to him that there was anything wrong. They just said, you really need to get her quickly. And I made a really big mistake by actually texting him and saying to him, oh, God, John, just as he pulled into the car park, and he knew there was something wrong then. And he he definitely knew there was something wrong when he got to the desk. Mm. And when he said his name, they just let him straight through, which was unheard of in the hospital now. Yeah. So he he got up to the assessment area and as soon as he walked into the room the two of us just fell apart. Um, They had asked me then to go for a scan down to like one of the more um, advanced scanning machines just so they could see if they could put any sort of timeline on it. So I I went down with them and the same consultant, she did a scan and she just said to me, I'm just so sorry, Slade, but it was, very, very recent. Like, it could be Only hours. Only hours ago. Only hours ago, because like, Edie was moving on Christmas night, up until very late, and when I got up during the night she was moving then as well. Mm. So, from any time, I'd say from about three or four in the morning, up until the time I got into the hospital, it happened. Well, so um, Well, that must
1: have been extremely difficult, in that Poor Izzy had passed away, you, didn't, you hadn't got to meet her at all, but yet you still have to go through the birth process. What was that time like between Izzy's heart stopping and, and then eventually giving birth?
0: So they give you the option when you're in the hospital that you can stay there or you can go home, but there has to be a two-day gap. So they asked me, did I want to stay? I said, no, I just wanted to go home. We had a little boy and it was Stephen's day. It was Christmas and we were all over the place. We didn't know what to do. Um, I said, I'll just go home. And they said, well, look, you have to be back here on Monday at three o'clock and they give you this um, special card. So when you present at the hospital, then you can go straight through with your husband. We were brought straight up to uh, a special ward. It's way from where there's no babies on that ward or anything and that's where everything would take place so we we had two days at home where you're you're trying to prepare I don't even know whether that's the right word but sure, we we just didn't know what to do Mm. but in those two days that we were at home we we had fantastic support from our friends and family everybody came to see us and I was very business mode talking to everybody where my husband just completely retreated he didn't want to talk to anybody he just couldn't face the fact that I had to go through labour. Like we were going to bed at night time, and he just we just couldn't believe that like I was lying there, with knowing that Izzy's heart had stopped, and I still had to give birth to her.
2: That is one of the things I think when you hear about these situations, uh, that it just seems so difficult for the parents that the birth still has to happen. But, but I mean, of course it does. But it still just mm. seems so difficult when you think about it from the outside.
0: Yeah, like, I think I very naively thought maybe they would go in and they'd give you a section. And so you wouldn't have to go through any of this. But I suppose the physical trauma and both the mental trauma that you would have after having a C-section, it's very lengthy, where if you have a normal birth, you're physically you can recover quite quite quickly rather mm, than going through a C-section. So yeah. in the long term, when you're thinking about it, it makes sense.
2: Um, we talked about Felicon at the very beginning at what point did Felicon become involved in in everything
0: so when you arrive at the hospital the midwife that's on call there they come in and they bring it in this box and I remember thinking what is this and she was like this box is from Felicon and everything that was in the box would help us create memories with our baby when the baby was born Mm. and we were just like who is going to want to create memories like but hands on heart now, without this box, mm. we would have no memories, physical memories of Izzy. So like the stuff that's in the box is you get blankets to wrap the baby in and a little hat. They're all hand knitted by volunteers, people that give them to them. There's a box that you can keep, a lock of hair when the baby is born. There's a kit in there that you can do foot and hand prints after they're born. There was a moulding kit for hand and feet as well. So you take a hand mould and a foot mould and then silicon, then take that, get it painted and baked basically for you. And they posted out you in about two months and it's probably the most treasured thing that we have yeah. in our house now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have a memory card in the box and a digital camera that you can take all the pictures. They encourage you to take as many pictures as you can. I can remember our midwife coming in and saying, come on, me. come on, me. take some photos. You'll, you'll really appreciate them in the months to come. And now we have photos of Izzy all over our house. Yeah, and yeah. Harry knows her and he's very familiar with her. Like he could point out a picture of Izzy and a sea full of babies.
1: And how did you um, approach the topic of Izzy's passing with young Harry? I think he was around four at the time.
0: He was, yeah. So we, how we explained it to him was that um, we had been told not to hide it from him and don't lie. So we sat him down and we explained to him that Izzy had been born but that she couldn't stay with us. That um, she had to go off and be a star in the sky and that she could be in the sky and mind him and look after us all the time. So he accepted that very well. He mm. was... He was really on board with that. And then in the months after it, then, if we were out the back garden in the evening time, he'd say, oh, look, there's Izzy up in the sky, ma'am, or she's looking down on us. But at the start, I think it was quite difficult for him as well because we were grieving so badly and your emotions will rub off on him. Of course. So he like, he was lashing out a little bit and then obviously we were lashing out at him. It was, it was really difficult, but there was a lot of information in that memory box of how to speak to your child and how to explain to them and how their emotions will change over time as well. Like, it, like the, the support that's in that box is just invaluable.
2: And, Celine, since then, there's been some more good news. You've had another baby.
0: <laughs> I did, yeah. I have Ollie now, so he's 10 months old. And was
2: there any trepidation when, you know, you guys fell pregnant again?
0: Oh, we were terrified. Like, I was monitored from day one. Now, they were fantastic in the hospital. But I didn't vet like it was the most eventful pregnancy I had. I was I'd say I was in the cumb more than I was outside yeah. of the coomb. But um there's a support page for for pregnancy after loss. You could just log into the page, put your feelings down and everybody would come back with some sort of vice, um or I've been through this and we've been through this. It's really strange. Like you're a part of this club that no one wants to be a part of that you would tell your deepest, darkest feelings to. You, you may not even tell your family these things, yeah. but they're the, they're the best support group that you can have. It's um, an awful club to be a part of, but it's a massive one, unfortunately. Yeah,
2: yeah and that's, that all came through. That's through Falecon as well. That's, that's part of
0: their page. It is, yeah, yeah, it is.
1: And what advice would you have, Celine, if any, for anyone going through this or who's recently gone through it? Uh, Or maybe friends or family of someone they know it's happened to and maybe are feeling a bit stuck as to what they should do.
0: My number one advice to people is if you, especially if you know somebody who's going through it and you're really unsure of what to do, just turn up, turn up at their door. Even if like the amount of people we had texted say, oh no, we don't want to see it. And they just turned up Mm. and it was the best thing ever. Um, I know a lot of people can say like oh they don't know what to say you don't have to say anything at all go and sit with them like the best the best moments that I had with my friends are where they came in and sometimes we sat in complete silence where I would sob or I would talk uncontrollably for 40 minutes so I think a physical presence is the most important thing for me
2: um, You and John have done an awful lot and raised a lot of money uh, since this happened to you and, and you've done amazing work but tell us about this new one The Butterfly Run what's that about?
0: So the butterfly run is organised by a, a dad, a bereaved dad, Tony Owens is his name. He has organised for this to happen on Saturday the fifteenth of October in Seanmore Park at uh, twelve pm. So tickets are they're on the Facebook page, but I I have a link up on my page as well. So they want as many people to come together as possible who want to celebrate the lives of babies who have passed away or, or gone too soon, and it's really just about getting the bereavement Community together because it's not something that we can get to do as often, but just so we can support each other for this one day a year. Because the fifteenth of October is International Wave of Light Day as well. So, well, they light the
2: buildings up, don't they, in blues and pinks all around the world. Yeah, Yeah. so blue
0: and pink all around the world as well, and then across the world at eight pm, everybody lights a candle in memory of their baby or a baby that they they know has passed away.
2: You mentioned your page. There are no Felicon. Obviously, people can go and find Felicon. Felicon.ie is the website. But what's your own yes. page if people are interested in following your story?
0: Uh, my, I'm Selini eighty four on Instagram, and my page is full of pregnancy after loss, uh, grieving. Um, there's a link as well on the page. I I've done two podcasts about Izzy's birth. One is from Ireland's birth stories, and the other one is acknowledge them remember them they're quite they're, it's a quite a difficult lesson but, yeah but um, it
2: could be a very important one as well
0: it really is. Like I got so many messages of support from complete strangers saying, "Oh my God, just so, like you're so brave." Like the both of you are really strong yourself and John. And but we didn't really have any choice. We had a four-year-old boy that we needed to carry on with. Yeah. He completely kept us going. Like, like he made us laugh at least once a day <laughs> in the weeks after yeah. he had passed away, which was really difficult. But he he he's been fantastic. He's a great little kid.
1: Well, Celine, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for sharing your story so eloquently. And I think it's going to help an awful lot of people this morning. So, um, really lovely to talk to you.
0: Great. Thanks so much. Thanks, thanks
2: so much you. for having me. Bye, bye bye. Bye. Dermot
0: and Dave. Weekdays from 9 a.m. To-